You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. First and foremost, I want to express my gratitude toward you for taking the time out of your day, whether you're optimizing your net time here or maybe you're just chilling. Whatever the case is, you are here, you're rocking with us, and I am so glad you're doing so and you made this decision because today we are amplifying an amazing individual's message, his insights, his knowledge, his experience, his wisdom, all of that good stuff. We are amplifying amplifying it all to you personally to you and I think it's absolutely amazing that you are here rocking with us now I know you are going to get a whole bunch of value from this individual from this episode like you really should be from all of our episodes but what I'm going to ask you to do is to make sure you are paying the fee the fee for this episode is to make sure you are sharing this with people in your circle with people in your network listen if you post it on social we always 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 shout out the individuals that do so and you're leaving a rating and review. I think it's super crucial because after this, you're going to see how much value that our guest today has brought to this show. And when you have the power to consume that value and then share it with others, it is an amazing feeling of fulfillment. So with that said, like I said, actually, the fee is to share. The fee is to rate and review, especially if you're tuned in from an Apple product, iTunes, Apple podcast, things of that nature. It would mean the absolute world to us. Now, today, we are joined by Chris Guerrero. Chris has built four eight-figure companies and is an advisor, investor, and equity holder in companies across a variety of industries, including health, medical, digital advertising, legal, and real estate. He's been featured on Bloomberg and in Success Magazine, Inc., and an entrepreneur as a top entrepreneur of our time. Chris is also a best-selling author and host of the Built to Grow podcast. And as I said, Chris is bringing all of his insights, his experiences, his knowledge, his wisdom, all of the good stuff, all of the things that helped him get to where he is today and where he is going in life. He is bringing all of that to us here on Decoding Success. And without our partners, that wouldn't be possible. So with that said, we have partnered up with two amazing companies that you've heard me talk about before, but I have to continue to share the amazing offerings these companies companies that we've partnered with here at Decoding Success, these offerings that are given to you. So the first company is Gen M. Now, if you're bootstrapping, if you're a startup, if you're a C-suite executive, if you're a part of a major corporation and you're a decision maker, I have to run this by you because it has been an absolute game changer for me and for companies just like Airbnb. If you are looking to grow your team and you don't necessarily want to pay a salary and want to get some tasks off your plate, well listen, Gen M is the platform to help you do so. Gen M offers a database of remote interns across the entire globe. So if you're listening to this from Europe or El Salvador or back to the States, wherever you are, this program, this database, this company can help you grow your team. And effectively and affordably is something I should add in there. I've personally used this program multiple times, numerous times at my agency, 1B Branding in New York City. It has been a game changer and a lifesaver. And honestly, I've been able to work with 
such amazing students throughout the country. It has been so amazing. So with that said, if you're looking to try this out, if you're looking to look into it some more, what I'm going to do is ask you to check out the link in the show notes of this episode. The link is a little bit funky, so I don't want to say it and get people confused. To make it easier for you, all you have to do is check out the link in the show notes of this episode. Now, the second company we partnered up to bring these amazing episodes to you, jam-packed with valuable content, and on top of that, valuable offerings thanks to companies just like Audible. So we have partnered up with Audible to deliver all of our listeners, all of our Decoding Success faithful members, a free, totally complimentary, no strings attached, yes, free 99. They're not asking you for a paycheck. They're not asking you for anything. You can get a totally complimentary audiobook of your choice, any book on the Audible platform. Now, I always talk about net time. You've heard me say it once. You've heard me say it a million times probably, and I will not stop saying it. Optimizing your net time is a tremendous way, a very beneficial way to help you level up in life, to optimize the time of when you're commuting, to optimize the time of when you're in the gym or laying on the beach or traveling on the plane. Whatever the case is, Audible is there for you to help you optimize the time in between. Now, like I said, you can pick any audiobook of your choice on their platform. And to do so, all you have to do is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. Now, to make it easy for you again, I'm going to put the link to Audible in the show notes of this episode so it will only be one click away. And now, without further ado, we bring to you my guy, Chris. Chris, first and foremost, I want to express my gratitude for you hopping on here. We're super excited to host you, learn from you, amplify the message. So, man, thank you for joining us. Hey, I am, uh, I'm psyched about this. I appreciate you inviting me on here and I'm looking forward to uh, jamming on some stuff. So let's start jamming, man. First question straight off the bat for you is how do you personally define success? Uh, I define success and I've thought about this for on and off for so many years because I think that we all kind of morph in our definition of success depending on what's going on. But overall, um, my definition is to be happy and fulfilled, but in every area of my life. So I want to be happy and fulfilled with my health. Like, do I feel great? Do I look the way I want to? I want to be happy uh, with my family. You know, am I an attentive dad? Am I attentive uh, as a significant other? In business, am I reaching the number of people that I can reach and helping them uh, through my companies? And am I consistently growing in an honest, ethical, moral, legal way? Uh, and in my personal life and with my with my friends and in the experiences that I want to have. So I think that um, although that's a huge definition of success, it's basically to be happy and fulfilled in each area of my life. Certainly. Listen, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, one commonality that we see throughout the show, you know, time and time again is individuals just like yourself mentioning how it morphs and how it grows. I mean, personally, that's exactly what's happened to me over the years. And, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing the the happiness and fulfillment in all aspects of life when it comes to the family and the business and the friends. So I have to ask, how do you find yourself staying number one focused or uh, maybe another way to put it is on track to actually achieve that <laughs> again that's changed when, when I very first started focusing on this it was charts and it was numbers and I had numbers for every area of my life <laughs> and it and I, I laugh about it it's more of a nervous laugh than anything else because thinking back on it I remember that sometimes 
not reaching those numbers actually added more stress to me than anything else. So now I'm a lot more flexible and I look at how I literally feel in each area when things come up. Like when I'm on vacation with my family and shit hits the fan at the office, which it does, you know, my hands, as you know, in multiple companies of my own and then also in investments and things like that. So sometimes things come up when you're on vacation, but to be able to take a moment away and take a few phone calls so that things are still moving forward in the right direction. And I don't feel like the world is going to end while I'm on vacation. And then being able to get back, you know, taking a breath and being able to get back with my family. And then I sit back and I can watch how I feel because I always feel better when I'm present. And that kind of is the way I uh, measure how I'm doing. Am I happy and fulfilled? in this moment right now. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm a big believer that the only thing we do have is the present moment, right? We no longer have the past, it's gone and the future is never promised. So, you know, staying in the present is definitely a great way to achieve that. And again, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, Chris, you mentioned the multiple businesses. So before getting into that, I, I want to acknowledge how admirable your, your story is, your journey. So before going any further, I'd love for you to bring the audience through that journey in your own words. Wow. So how far back you want me to go? You want me to start uh, first, first dipping my toe into entrepreneurship, I guess. Uh, I am, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to start by saying, I believe I am like probably most people unemployable. Like if, if you, and I don't mean most people, I mean most entrepreneurs, I'm unemployable. I, I had a job when I first got out of college um, and it didn't work very well. Um, and I got fired because I wanted to grow very, very rapidly in that company. Um, but I started really my own stuff as a personal fitness trainer. And, uh, and, and I had this goal of reaching the greatest number of people possible. And as a personal fitness trainer, how many, how many people can you reach, right? You could help five, 10 people if you're lucky, but your time is very, very limited. So I started hiring as independent contractors, not really hiring, but working with independent contractors who were personal trainers and uh, ended up over the course of the next year plus growing this personal training company, which had nearly 150 personal trainers up and down the East Coast, where I was helping them find uh, clients. And I was matching clients up with the per perfect trainers. And I was trying to filter the money through my company. And I learned my first really important lesson in business, which I say this all the time. And it makes my eye twitch still, even when I say it today, that my first lesson in business was uh, working only with independent contractors and trying to grow just like that. Um, um, I, I, you can't do it. I couldn't do it because the trainers wanted those clients for themselves. We all had our own goals. And when you have a team that all has different goals, it makes it very difficult for the company to grow. So I went from there to uh, one of my clients was, um, had a, an in with a comp with a building and he said, hey, I think a gym would be perfect inside of this building. So if you would like to invest the money that you have into this, I would partner with you and we'd go into the health club business. And that's what we ended up doing. We started this health club, which was outstanding. He was a money man. I was money plus sweat equity. And uh, very quickly, we outgrew that location to the point where we had the fire marshal visiting us saying, hey, you just can't, you can't have this number of people in the building. 
Um, and we, so we gave him a free membership and, and that was <laughs> a little bit of extra time. And during that time I found two things happened. Number one, I found a much larger location and we moved. But the second thing that happened is I ended up having to buy out my partner because he did not feel comfortable with the risk of growing. He just wanted to, he wanted this to be an investment. He didn't want it, any risk involved in it. And the next growth spurt was definitely going to be more risky, but also a lot more reward associated with it. And that company, after I bought him out, grew into a chain of health clubs, which was um, great. And I was in that industry for almost 15 years. And I went from being able to help a few people as a trainer to being able to help hundreds of people as a training company to being able to help tens of thousands of people in the health club industry. And then in 2003, I felt clogged up and like this this is just not going, like I can't grow to where I want to grow um, with this, with being in this industry. So I decided I was going to write a book. I was going to distill everything down to what I knew in the health industry, write a book and use all the marketing tactics that I learned in the club industry to get that book out there to the world. And I got turned down by every single publisher that I went to because I didn't have a series of books. I didn't have a platform. I didn't have, I didn't have anything that they were looking for other than a book. Um, so I, I did all the marketing for it and that book ended up selling over 60,000 copies in the first 60 days over 319,000 copies in the first year. And it got, grew into multiple health books. It got turned into a TV show. I mean, it really did wonderful things. And, uh, and it also gave me the leverage that I needed to sell the health clubs and, uh, and get out of that industry. So in 2004, sold the clubs took that chunk of change and, um, you know, went into multiple different industries using my core competency, which I, you know, I'm very good at certain things in growing companies and very bad at other things. So one of the things that I'm good at is building teams of smart people and building systems and actually scaling companies. So I stuck inside of my box and, but I learned that I could stay in my box and work with people who are very smart in other industries and uh, it, whether that's as an employee or as a partner and um, and we built you know companies in the venture capital field in the legal field in the more in the health field and in various different industries and it worked out very very well now I'm able to you know do what I'm good at do what I love doing um, be part of some very successful companies of my own, be an investor in many companies, be an advisor to some really high growth companies and still be out of the office on most days by three o'clock to hang out with my family. I love that. Listen, especially that family part, right? And, you know, I, I want to acknowledge the success you've had thus far and what is to come for you as well. I think it's absolutely amazing. And that's exactly why we're here, right? We're here to decode your success. So, Actually, you know what? One more thing on that topic. It's always a good problem when the fire marshal shows up and tells you, yeah, people. <laughs> uh, from my own experience, Chris, back in the day, um, and I say back in the day very lightly, it was a few years ago, my friends and I, we were uh, in nightlife and we, we've had that happen to us plenty of times. In fact, Thanksgiving Eve, which is, you know, probably the number one party night of the year, we were hosting an event and we, we got closed down midway through because we had too many people, which I always say is a good problem. So honestly, you know, pat yourself on the back for that. Obviously, you're, you know, scaling and growth is um, something you've exemplified in all of your efforts thus far. And I love it. Let me say something about that real quick before we move on. I apologize, but holy crap. So this is, this is the mindset of an entrepreneur, right? So uh, it, it, let's go back to that example where I had a partner in the health club industry that visits from the fire marshal freaked him out 
to the point where I watched his skin turn white. Like he literally got pale because he, he looked at this as an obstacle to growth and how, oh my God, this is the end of it. Like we can't grow anymore. And that is the way so many people see it. Whereas you, you saw that and you said, fine, that's like, uh, that's a good thing. Now what's the next stage? How do we grow even more so that we get into a bigger, better location and maybe we get visits again from a fire marshal because we're just so, (laughs) we're growing so rapidly. I use that as motivation, this other partner used it as a way out. So, yeah. I could, you know, I'm grateful to hear you saying the same thing. Oh, for sure. Well, listen, you know, in the moment, it's a little bit different. So I could definitely see both sides of the spectrum. But uh, when I look back, you know, those are definitely good problems to have, especially when you know, um, you're growing and you're capable of more and more and more. So, you know, I resonate with that on a very high level. And, you know, that hearing your journey, it, it brings me to ask, what were the commonalities, if any, between the, you know, the multiple businesses, and I should say the multi eight figure businesses? Yeah. So the, the, the ability to stay inside the box. So this is, this is, I, and listen, I, I believe two things. Um, I believe a lot of things. I believe two things when it comes to this particular topic. Number one, in order to grow, you need to think outside the box and do really awesome different things. However, when you are, when you're looking at your core competency, I believe the, the, the rate at which you grow is directly determined by how well you could stay inside of your box in your org chart. So uh, the what I found is that every single business early on in my career, every single business that I tried to, to go outside of my box and do everything, um, uh, I slow things down. I mean, and I learned this the very first time because in one of the companies that I had, I, I got so stressed out because I was doing everything that for health purposes, I literally had to take a vacation. <laughs> I sat there totally stressed out one night. I don't remember if it was like 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, it was late. And I was in front of my computer trying to figure out stuff that somebody else should have been doing. But I was taking on all the burden. And, uh, and I said, you know what? I need a vacation. And I stopped doing my work on the computer and I started surfing to try to find out where could I, what islands could I go to tomorrow or, you know, as soon as I could. Um, And then when I left for that vacation, I found people were more productive and more shit got done while I was gone. And I, I literally had to put my ego aside and say, you know what? Things weren't getting done as good as possible. Each one of the tasks were not getting done at a hundred percent that I probably could have done it at because I believe I'm better in everything. It's an ego thing, (laughs) but, uh, but everything overall got done better and I wasn't even part of it. So anyway, sorry if that pulled us off track, but that, that it was a huge lesson. No, it makes sense. Listen, and you know, I, I think that's not an issue with every entrepreneur, but it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs encounter is, you know, wearing multiple hats and things of that nature. And it really comes down to ego. So, you know, for you, for you saying that it definitely resonates with a lot of us, especially those that are tuned in right now and, you know, progressing forward, being at the helm of these companies, you know, I have to ask, what do you feel has contributed most to your personal success? Do you have any habits or tactics or routines that you feel are just like, you know, what has helped propel you to the height that you're at? Yeah, definitely two that I that come to mind immediately. Number one is my focus on health so that I could be, you know, so my brain can 
we perform at a relatively good level so I don't get foggy so so that I have a strong amount of mental uh, a cognitive performance um, and also physical energy to do all the daily tasks necessary that are needed um, also my desire to run each one of these entities through my teams so I believe that one of the most important things that we could do in business other than choose the right industry, other than being super clear on our goals, the, 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 such an important factor is developing leadership teams, developing people who are really great at what they do and uh, giving them the ability to shine. Um, so one of the things that I do in my life on a regular basis is, is I run my businesses through team meetings. So, um, you know, when you and I first met, one of the topics that we talked about was how I orchestrate my day and, and it's, it's pretty anal and, um, and, and people believe that, you know, I might be a little bit too anal with how I, uh, you know, coordinate my calendar, but it's really just the morning and, and that coordination has helped me to do so many different things in business. Um, and number the very first thing is I get clear. So between nine and nine 30, I look at the numbers, the key metrics for each one of my companies. They're delivered to me. Uh, I don't have to go search for them. I don't waste time searching for stuff like that. It's so vital, but I, I need to be clear when I see it. I don't want to be stressed out because I just had to open up every bank account or every, you know, analytic report. I want them all delivered to me. There's only three to five for each company. I look at them uh, and I take notes. And then from 9.30 to, um, um, to 12.30 or so, I'm in meetings. And, um, and it's meetings with my key leadership teams for each one of the companies that I have my hands in. And those meetings might last anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, depending on the size of the company, depending on the rate at which they're growing right now, depending on if one of them has an issue, whatever the case is. And we go over... Uh, it's everybody comes prepared and we go over three things in each meeting so that everybody knows what's been achieved, what's going to be achieved today. And if there's any obstacles, and because if there's an obstacle, we, we, as a team push through it so that everybody could continue with momentum that day. And then from 1230 to three o'clock, uh, you know, I am a key component to each one of the companies that I'm in and I have core competencies. So I work and I push things forward doing what I do best. And like I said before, by three o'clock on most days, not on Wednesdays, but on every other day I'm out and I'm with my kids or my family on Wednesdays. That's a different day because I consult with a handful of, you know, high growth entrepreneurs. And that day I'm on the phone consulting all day. Interesting, man. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Listen, you know, uh, to your first point, you know, the focus on health. We actually just had Tony Horton on here from P90X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and listen, he said the same thing, you know, so the, the repetitive nature of hearing that it, it means a lot to all of us, you know, especially those that are tuned in to, to continuously hear it from individuals we all aspire to be like in life. I think that is, you know, that, that's exactly the point of the show, right? There's no longer, or there probably never was a secret to success. Like we have such amazing access. So Chris, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here again, sharing all of this with us. And then to your point about, you know, teams, right? So I actually have a question about that. And this is much larger than business, right? What do you feel like it takes to actually create a team? Maybe it's the leadership, whatever the case is. And what I mean bigger than business is the fact that, you know, 
in reality, we do become who we're surrounded with most. And I, I know it's so cliche to say, but at the end of the day, whether you're hanging out with people that are doing, you know, things that don't necessarily align with you, or you're hanging out with people that are propelling you to, to new heights in your life, it's super important. So business aside, what do you feel like it takes to, to build that team? Um, well, we start with clarity first. I want to know from a personal standpoint and from a company standpoint, before I even think about team, I need to know, um, where, where are we going? Um, and then what kind of people, what, what, what core competencies we need in order to get there? Um, because at that point now I know who I'm looking for. And then I really want to make sure that I also know what our company values are, what, and by the way, those company values come from come from the person at the top and they drip down and if because if they're not key inside of my heart then there's no way that I'm going to live with passion and always be pursuing those values because your team no matter what that team is whether it's independent contractors virtual employees or in-house employees I promise you beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you set a value for your company and they see you not living that value there's a massive disconnect and it's going to screw everything up and it's, it's going to screw everything up from that day forward they're not going to believe in almost anything else that you say about value so your values should come from you and uh, and we have a core set of values that we live by and when you have that it makes it super easy for you to not only know who you need to onboard but at what capacity they should be onboarded and then when you're going through the interview process you can design your questions to filter out people who are really never going to live by your values or people who live by such horrible values and by the way horrible not being bad good or bad but horrible meaning there's such a disconnect between your company values and what they're valuing that it's going to end up being a virus inside your company so all that stuff becomes super super easy to understand when you're clear on where you're going as a company and who you need to be on your team and then you have values to know who's a good fit for sure. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. I, you know, hearing it is great, especially from you. And, you know, on the similar topic, I feel like we already know one of the answers to this. I have to ask, you know, because if someone succeeds once, people might call it quote unquote luck, right? But you, on the other hand, you have a proven track record of building these massive companies and it's amazing to see. So I have to ask, what's the system to create the way you've been able to create? Is it I know team is probably some incorporated in that some sort of way. Is there anything else? Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I'm hesitant to say, hey, here's what the puzzle looks like because the puzzle's different every single time. Yep. Um, but the, you know, number one, I think the, the challenge that most entrepreneurs face when they are trying to scale something, whether they're just, it's an idea in their head or it's a business that they already have. The biggest challenge is they're aiming at the wrong industry. They're, they're looking at their, they're looking at how do I, how do I write a book and sell the most copies or how do I, you know, create this widget and get it into most people's hands as opposed to looking at what is my core competency and then what is the industry that pays the most? Like they could get the most value and have the deep enough pockets to pay me the most for my core competency because that makes life so much easier for us all, right? Then at that point, we could get clear on what our targets are in that particular industry and build a team who already has strong core competencies in that industry or a team that already has freaking relationships in that industry because that's going to shortcut success curves for us also. Um, 
you know, at, at, and then at that point, we, we set our metrics, we, um, we, we grow, and as we grow, we put systems in place to support that growth, and then we grow more, and we put more systems in place, and we grow more, and we put more systems in place, and then every year at least, we review all of our systems, and we make sure they are as up-to-date as possible so that those pillars, which are systems, don't start just disappearing and crumbling because our growth is too heavy for it. Yeah. And, you know, Chris, you brought up industry a few times, you know, while discussing that. And I have to ask, you know, selfishly, of course, <laughs> uh, I have to ask, how do you feel about uh, someone going into business without a niche? You know, and I'm talking about someone just actually starting their business. Do you feel like they need to be, you know, super, super specific about what they're targeting? Or, you know, I, I hear both sides of the spectrum. So I would love your opinion. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, you know, I'll give you an example, actually, in your realm of, of health and fitness, you know, curves, for instance, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, the, the uh, curves. Yeah, no curves. You know, they were pretty niche down, but then the, there's other things that aren't at all. So I'm curious, how do you feel about that? So here, I could, the only way I could answer that, I guess, is what my experience is. Uh, I'm, I have seen massive successes on both end of the curve. Um, but my experience as far as speed at which I can build a company, go from zero to eight figures or, or, or whatever the case is, it's easiest for me if I already, if I know, um, if I have my aim, you know, my industry, if I know what my niche is, you know, my, my wiggle room inside of that industry, um, and then I uh, and then I really know well who my target audience is. I know my avatar so super well that then I could give them exactly what they want. It's almost like cheating, and I I get in with a lot less pushing. Um, and I believe that I've built that inside of myself because when I was starting in business, I had no money and I was literally pushing forward on credit cards. <laughs> so I would go out there and I would try to try to do a little bit of marketing. I'd buy some credit card, or, you know, I'd buy that stuff on credit cards and hope that I made enough just to pay my credit cards back. And I had to keep carrying that bill uh, on the credit card and keep paying interest on it if that marketing tactic didn't pan out, which was a pain because I ended up building up a significant amount of, uh, uh, of um, you know, of debt on those credit cards because I wasn't good at first. And now I, have, I think I still have that fear. So knowing my audience, knowing my unique approach to that audience has made it significantly easier and faster for us to grow in each industry that I'm in. Yeah, for sure. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And I have to ask, you know, when you were running up that, that credit card debt, did you ever feel any sort of anxiety or, or worry? I know you mentioned fear, but, you know, I have to ask because I know how daunting that can be at times, especially, you know, when you're not 100% certain of the outcome, especially with marketing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think as entrepreneurs, we live walking that line that is built on anxiety and fear sometimes. Um, the, 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 all of the friends, like I, all the folks on my board of directors, all my close friends in business, all the people that I associate with in, in the advisory program who are really uh, big hitters in business, the, the, the ones that are, that come across as super confident, um, it's, it's, a, it's a surface level of confidence. Like we are confident at certain things, like we're stupidly good at certain things, but we also are anxious about a lot of other things because we live on that 
on that line that we keep walking because we always want to grow. There's nobody who's really super successful in my world who doesn't consistently want to grow, which keeps us in that area of risk. It's a little bit scary. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of anxiety, I guess, back then. I never used that word, but definitely I had, here's the words that I used, sleepless nights, eye twitches, um, you know, um, uh, stress. Those are words that were in my vocabulary back then. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I appreciate that advice. And on the topic of advice, I have to ask you, what was the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, you know, my, my father had a really great friend when he was in college and, and they, they remained friends their entire life until this, this particular friend of his passed away. Um, and I would talk to him on the phone every once in a while. He was brilliant. He was a Mensa. Um, I don't know exactly what you call it. He was in Mensa, which is just for some super rock star, intelligent people. He had, uh, you know, great businesses. He was just a, he was a successful and a happy guy. His name was Ferdy. And uh, I was on the phone with him one time. I remember I was standing outside on my back deck and I was just bringing him up to date on some of the things I was doing. And he asked me who, um, who was on my team. Like how many people did I have working for me? And at the time I didn't have much. And he, and I remember him saying, you can't do this yourself. Like, I'm glad you have a couple of people, but your growth is going to be limited if you don't put more people on. And, uh, and at the time I was doing a, most of the really big stuff myself. And this is something that we touched upon a little bit earlier on the, in the interview, but I was doing a lot of stuff myself, all the important things. And then for the smaller, less important things, I was hiring warm bodies, you know, just bodies to fill spaces. And, um, and they weren't highly intelligent. They were just people who could do tasks. Uh, but the day that I decided to hire real talent, uh, and when I say real talent, I, I talk about this term where I always buy used. I don't buy new. And it's, it's, not in the, it's not in the things that I buy. It's the people that I bring on board. I want them to be used. I want them to already have experience. I want to pay for that experience. I don't want to bring somebody on board and train them you know, just from my experiences because that's not what I need. I don't need to stay where I am. I need people to come on board who are literally smarter than I am in their niche. Um, and then fast forward a little bit after I learned that lesson, I also learned that, geez, I need to have a group of people that I could talk to on a regular basis. And I started a board of directors and that, and, and, uh, those guys were with me. Gosh, since 2004, they've been with me. So, uh, so it's been a long time. And the lesson is doing it alone never works, but doing it when you surround yourself with the best minds is amazing. It's, it's freaking amazing. It's not just hiring good people, but it's hiring people who are smarter than you and surrounding yourself with advisors. And that's real good short and long-term growth for everything. Yeah, I could definitely see how, you know, you, you've made many emphases, if that's even a word, on teams. So uh, it, it all makes sense. And, you know, Chris, transitioning a little bit more, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? You know, I think that's it. I think, I think that is it. I didn't want that advice. I didn't want to know I can't do it myself. That, I, 
I had, and I think I struggle still today with an ego. And I, um, and, and although, you know, people joke about it and say, gosh, your ego is going to get you, you know, it's going to push you and make you grow. Um, you know, the ego that I had and that I fight with sometimes is that I could do this shit better myself sometimes. And I don't like when I, you know, I don't like that feeling when I feel like people are holding, holding us back or holding a team member back or, or holding a, a whole team back or holding a company back or holding me back because they are not yet up to par. So that lesson that I learned from Ferdy that I needed to disassociate myself with certain aspects of the companies and plug people in there. Maybe they're not the best, but they are good. They're really good and allow them to become better. I think that was um, something that I definitely didn't want to hear. I remember shutting it off when I first heard it. Um, and then I remember as soon as I tested it out and I felt some success, I moved forward fast with it. Interesting. Really interesting. I, I appreciate you sharing that as well. Now, you know, continuously, I'm just going to keep throwing these questions at you because I can go on for days, but I do want to respect your time. What's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? <sighs> question that more people would ask me. I would love it uh, if people really started asking more about how to be creative and think outside the box. I think one of my greatest frustrations, if I'm brought into a company to help them grow, or you know, if I'm standing in front of a boardroom table of another company, I think my biggest frustration is that they're, they've been doing things so similarly for so many years that they believe that's the only way to grow, or they're locked into, well, my competitor is doing this, they must know a little bit more than us because they're twice our size, so we need to just mimic what they're doing, or that's a quote-unquote proven model, so we have to follow that. And it frustrates the hell out of me because our greatest growth in business almost always comes when we improve upon the way we're getting our message out. So. You know, we in our in the health field, we get our message out in so many different ways. Um, we used NASCAR when people couldn't profit on NASCAR, but we didn't use it because uh, we thought NASCAR attendees were our perfect audience for a weight loss membership. We used it because we had access to NASCAR. And I went out there and I talked to some of my biggest friends, people who had huge platforms in the personal development space and in all these other really great spaces. Um, I went out to them and I said, Hey, if I could, if I could get you, if I could get your logo or your face painted on my NASCAR, um, during one of the races, would you market the heck out of me to your list? Would you go to your database three times and market me without an affiliate link, without a joint venture contract, just market our company for free. And if you do that, then I promise you, you'll be the only person who ever walks into any party from this point forward and they, who could say they've had their logo or their, or their face painted on a NASCAR. And we built that vision up and that was outside the box thinking. And that company of ours grew very, very much from that right? That was outside the box. Um, we are, you know, in an industry where most people don't believe they could monetize radio. We monetize radio, even though we're not monetizing just the ads themselves. We're doing it in such a unique way because we sit around the, the table with my team and we just get 
stupid. We, 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 we whiteboard stupid ideas and we eventually turn one of those stupid ideas into something that is so outside the box that it really catapults us infinitely faster than most of our competitors. So I'd love it if people started asking me how to think outside the box a little bit more in their niche. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, clearly you took advantage of, you know, what you had access to and that was outside the box and it, it goes to show um, through your success thus far. So again, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And now, Chris, last question for you. If someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to achieve their own de- definition of success, what would you tell them? Whatever their definition of success is, whatever their goal is, make it a study. Uh, every single area of my life that I've ever wanted to improve, we've, I've made it a study. And when I had no money, um, that study was through books. And I remember very vividly, I, um, I, I was at a state in my career where uh, my gross revenue was growing and growing and growing and my expenses were growing at the same level. And um, so I didn't have much profit. In fact, many months, my expenses were higher than my, than my revenue that was coming in, which sucked beyond belief. And I was reading books and there was one book on my desk at the time that was really speaking to me. I really loved it. And I found a phone number for this company and I called and I ended up um, moving from books to seminars because this particular guy had a seminar going on and I, uh, and I couldn't afford the seminar. I actually had to put two credit cards together in order to get into the seminar and I did it. So when I didn't have money, it was books. And then when I took a step into going to seminars, gosh, that transcended a lot of things because I could actually bond with the person who was on stage and teaching me and I could network with the people in the room. And that was a big move for me. And that helped a lot. But now, um, now it's morphed over to mentors and I've got advisors or mentors in almost every area of my life. When I want to excel in something, I seek out somebody who has achieved it over and over again, and I I want that secret. Like you were saying before, track records, they're so important to me also because because if somebody has uh, had a great relationship once, that's not the person I want relationship advice from. But if they've had a great relationship multiple times in their life, not with multiple you know, spouses, but with multiple people in there, they're great dads, they're great significant others to their spouse, they're they're great sons or daughters or whatever it is, then gosh, maybe that is a person I want advice from because they have a track record. But in every area of my life, I have advisors now. And I believe that if whatever your goal is, if you seek to make it a study, whether that's through books, seminars, or advisors, if you have that ability, then that'll shortcut your success curve. It'll literally collapse timeframes and allow you to achieve more in, 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 in months than most people achieve in decades. Yeah, Chris, listen, we, we do a lot of these episodes and that is the first time we've heard that. So I appreciate your unique perspective, especially on that question, because a lot of people are, are waiting to hear the answer to that one. And, you know, making it a study is most definitely, um, you know, it, it shows the commitment, right? It shows the commitment. It shows that you're, you know, you're real about it. You're not just talk and, you know, you're, you're in for it. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I have to ask you, where can people now keep up with you on social, any websites, any special projects and everything? Everything in between. Um, ChrisGuerrero.com. You know, I, hopefully you could put a link to that someplace because I doubt anybody's going to spell my last name right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a not an easy name to spell. ChrisGuerrero.com. That's uh, you know that's the portal. That's where they could get access to me. There's an area where they could ask questions. There's an area where they could see uh, you know uh, the, the the 
the tips that we are using to grow companies and a lot of videos from other companies that we've helped to grow where they actually share, oh, here was the tip and, and here's how we used it and here's how much we grew from it. That's all a lot of fun. There's also a site called builttogrowreview.com, builttogrowreview.com and, and that's a, uh, that's a, um, a, a, a process that we use inside of any company that I go into. Um, to help figure out where the pieces are that are broken or that are breaking before they break so that we could plug those holes up, monetize things much faster, and um, um, and get to scale a lot quicker. And uh, the, the thought behind this is that no matter what's happening, when we're growing companies, things break, right? You're, you can't use the same system to get to $10 million that you use to get to $1 million. It's not, the, it's not gonna work, but if you do, you try it, eventually it's gonna break. And the problem is that most entrepreneurs, they go one, two, three years down the road and they don't realize these things are breaking until it's too late. So this, we have a much more intricate process that we use inside of my companies, but this is a slightly scaled down version. It's completely free and you could go through it and I highly suggest that you go through it once every maybe six months, if not more than that, so that you could see Am I being a great leader? Do people see me as a great leader right now? Do are the right people on my on my team? Um, what systems am I running? All that kind of stuff. Once you go through the review, which is really relatively quick, maybe it takes five six minutes to get through the whole thing. Um, then I'll give you a score, and then I'll actually show you on that page how to fix some of the things inside of your company, um, so that you could continue to scale smoothly. That's awesome, man. I appreciate those resources you dropped. Now, I'll make sure those links are in the show notes of this so people can get them quite easily. And again, Chris, thank you so much for hopping on here. We truly do appreciate it. Of course, Matt. Thanks a lot. This was awesome. And there you have it from Chris Guerrero himself. Now, Chris just brought a whole bunch of value experiences, shared even resources with you that cost absolutely nothing. You can find all of that good stuff within the show notes of this episode, all of his social links, all of his website links, all of that good stuff is found within the show notes of this episode. And to repay him, make sure you're connecting with him on these platforms. Let him know, hey, I heard you on Decoding Success. I took away X, Y, and Z from that episode. I know he'll absolutely love to hear from you. So Chris, again, shout out to you, man. I truly do appreciate you sharing all of that great stuff, all of that value with us here on the Decoding Success Podcast. Now, again, if you haven't yet, leave that rating and review. That means the absolute world to us on our quest to hit number 200 before year end. We are getting close. You have the power to help us hit that. And on top of that, if you found value, which I know you did in this episode, thanks to Chris, I'm going to ask you to make sure you're sharing this with your inner circle, with the people in your crew, with the people in your group, whatever you want to refer to it as your mastermind, your network, your social, whatever the case is. And if you do so on social, just make sure you tag Decoding Success or myself or Chris. We will make sure that we are resharing and letting people know like, hey, we appreciate you. Seriously, we always do that for everyone that shares these episodes. Now, as always, I like to give or talk about three points. And as always, yet again, these points get harder and harder for me to pick out because the value just keeps coming. Chris dropped a whole ton of it, but I'm going to try my best to pick three. And I'm going to start with the last thing he talked about because it's actually something that I've been doing rather recently. He talked about making your goal or success a study. Now, 
Personally, what I've been doing recently is studying individuals, and I'm gonna say individuals very lightly because it's only been one thus far, but studying individual or an individual, and in this case, it's been Mike Tyson. The next person I'm gonna go to is Steve Jobs, but I've been studying the shit out of Mike Tyson. I love him, his podcast is great, and I like the way he operates. I, I like who he's developed into and what he talks about now. And I study his freaking movements. I study how he speaks to people. I study his heart. I study all of that. And I think that we need to adapt that mindset or that practice, I should say, when it comes to our own personal success and our own goals, we need to make it a study. So Chris, I really appreciate you sharing that point. I think it's a really big one. Secondly, I wanna talk about thinking outside the box and getting creative. Wow, is this a big one. And in such a day and age where we're seeing what works for other people left and right, and we get so damn consumed in that that we try it for ourselves and wonder why it's not working for us and feel like fucking failures, it's because of this. We are not getting creative and thinking outside the box in terms of ourselves. We are seeing other people think outside the box and seeing what works for them when they're getting creative, try to apply it to our damn life and realize that it doesn't work the same way. You might get success every now and then, quote unquote success every now and then, you might see a glimpse of it here and there, but long term it doesn't work and it's because we are imitating without innovating. We spoke about this recently on a podcast episode and that's exactly why I absolutely love the fact that Chris brought that up and he actually wished more people would ask him how to get creative and how to think outside the box. So what I want you to do is really double down on your creative thinking and you know bring out that whiteboard even if it sounds stupid put it up there and brainstorm. I think it's really, really freaking important. Now, with that said, last point is team. Team is crucial. We hear it time and time again. And I'm going to say it. I don't want to shamelessly plug. If you don't have the funds to get a team, you have to get a mentor. You have to find some value prop to share with them. You have to do something of that nature to create your board of advisors. Even if you have a freaking social media marketing agency, whatever the case is, whatever you have, you need a team around you. You cannot do it yourself. You can go a lot faster by yourself, but you can go a lot further with the team. I don't care how cliche that sounds. It is just the goddamn truth. Now, Chris, again, I appreciate you sharing these three points and to reiterate them once more for everyone tuned in. I talked about making your goal a six or making your success a study team and thinking outside the box and getting creative. Those points really stood out to me. I would love to hear what stood out to you. So make sure you hit me up on social. Let's start some conversation around this episode as I would absolutely love to hear from you. Now, until next time, everyone be blessed. Peace.